do they have a good story? Is there some aspect of their work or their life that will live on when they are no longer here? How will they be remembered? Those are all very important matters um, to a person who who is dying and have a limited amount of time to live. Hello everyone and welcome to What's Important to You. What's Important to You is a podcast created by the Montgomery Hospice Center for Learning and this podcast is designed to give intriguing insight on often overlooked end-of-life topics. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about spirituality at end of life. Spiritual care is one of the core elements of hospice care. When a person is admitted to hospice, they are assigned a team of professionals who are there to meet the patient's physical, emotional, social, and spiritual needs. That team comprises of a nurse, a social worker, a certified nursing assistant, and a spiritual counselor. And in today's episode, we're going to explore the role of spirituality at end of life. And to do that, I have invited one of our bereavement counselors, Maud Harrison, to, um, to talk to us about the meaning of spirituality at end of life. So hello, Maud. Could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, I'm Maud Harrison Hudson. And what do you do here at Montgomery Hospice? I am a uh, bereavement counselor here at Montgomery Hospice. I've been here for 13 years, since 2006. Okay, so as a, just a briefly, as a bereavement counselor, what is your role? Uh, I come in uh, after the patient die, has died um, to provide support to the family. Okay. And how long is that support? Um, it's for 13 months for mm-hmm. our families and, um, and we also provide support for um, people who work and live in Montgomery County. So just to start off, do you want to um, define what spirituality is? So um, spirituality is being concerned with matters um, of the spirit or soul uh, rather than materialistic, um, material things and property and stuff. Um, I tend to, um, being um, a Christian, <laughs> I uh, tend to think in terms of the fruits of the Spirit, uh, which are love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control which are all um, aspects um, of the spirit. And when focusing on those values and characteristics um, provides peace to the soul in my experience and, and, and people who are a part of my life. Um, spirituality is also something that's talked about a lot, but oftentimes misunderstood. How so? How is it misunderstood? Um, misunderstood from the perspective of, I think sometimes people uh, like to say that they are not religious, but they are spiritual beings. And it just, uh, people have different interpretations of that. But um, I see it as focusing on things of the spirit. 
I mean, uh, pertaining to the spirit or the soul, mm -hmm. uh, rather than materialistic things. Whereas religion has a lot to do with uh, ritual rituals and is organized, and you know, part people are part of denominations, and religion is more uh, of a um, structure. So, how does spirituality play a role in end of life care? How important is it to address spiritual needs? I just recently did a workshop on spirituality at the end of life. Mm -hmm. And um, and one of the things that I uh, mentioned is that, and it was for caregivers, okay. people who are taking care of their loved one. And um, oftentimes the caregiver is so involved with taking care of the physical needs that they that the spiritual needs of the um, person, the sick, their loved one goes unmet. And oftentimes the caregiver doesn't even know that their loved one has spiritual needs. But the person who has a limited amount of time to live is very clear about their, well, they might not necessarily be very clear, but one of the things that I know is that the person with a limited amount of time to live, they want some peace, they want serenity, and they want freedom from all of the negative or things that are interfering with their connection to their higher power, whomever they may call that. So they want freedom and, and peace, and they want to talk about what's going on with them. It's important for the person who has a limited amount of time to leave, live from a spiritual perspective to be able to um, talk about um, what's important to them. Mm -hmm. um, it's important for them to do what's called a, um, a life review. Looking back on their lives and were they a good person? Did they live a good and productive um, life? How will they be remembered? Do they have a good story? Is there some aspect of their work or their life that will live on when they are no longer here? How will they be remembered? Right. Those are all very important matters um, to a person who, who is dying and have a limited amount of time to live. They want to have good connections and um, uh, relationships with um, their loved ones. If, for example, if there's any unfinished business such as fractured uh, relationships, mm -hmm. um, they want some healing, they want, you know, forgiveness, they want to forgive and to be uh, forgiven. Mm -hmm. And those are all important pieces uh, for one who has a limited amount of time left to live. And for a person who is dying, once they receive a diagnosis that um, they're, um, they have a limited amount of time to live, matters of the spirit become very um, important to them. They are no longer, okay, people are in two categories. They're in the world of the living and the world of the dying. And once you receive a diagnosis, um, a terminal diagnosis, you become a part of one of a person who is yeah, in the world of the dying. So you're not no longer looking at future matters and whatever. You're focused on what's near and dear um, to the heart.
and that's the relationships and how you're going to be remembered. For example, um, a spiritual matter may be having the kind of death that one wants, you know, the kind of funeral uh, with instructions on, um, you know, how they die, right. whether they want to be, for example, when there are no longer curative measures, whether they want to, to become a hospice patient. And, and be cared for in that way. They might write out their own um, instructions for the kind of funeral they want. They might leave instructions for their spouse or their children um, as to how they want um, their uh, assets to be um, distributed. Uh, but a, a very important piece is how will I be remembered? Uh, yeah, will people remember that I was here? Did I have a good story? And when I think of that good story thing, I, I of course think of my late daughter who died a few years ago with pancreatic cancer. And um, one of her concerns, of course, was her children, one a teenager and one a young adult. And with her teenage son, she wanted to make sure that his education continued because she was very um, dedicated to a good education for her children. You know, she wanted to make sure that that was in place and all of that. And um, this grandson and granddaughter, I became like their surrogate parents um, after my daughter's death. And they both are continuing in their uh, educational pursuits. Grandson was a um, junior in high school when his mom died, and he's now a junior in college. You know, he's finishing up his junior year at Amherst. And his sister, who is the oldest, is um, finishing up her first semester of law school at Columbia in New York. That that aspect is, is, is part of my daughter's good story. And it's also uh, a part of her story that's continuing right. uh, when she's no longer here. Um, through her children. Well, um, that's a beautiful story about your daughter. Um, it looks like your daughter experienced spirituality in her own way. Um, would you say people experience spirituality in different ways? People experience spirituality in, in five different ways. One, through um, relationships, you know, with their loved ones, mm -hmm. interpersonal relationships, through um, nature. Some people experience it through religion, through the arts, music, dance, and um, poetry, writings, and all. And then fifth um, is the that thing that's on the inside, the spirit or the soul. And everybody does not um, necessarily experience all of those, experience spirituality in those ways, but they experience it in some of those ways. And there is no right or wrong um, way. So for my daughter, it was certainly the relationships, the interpersonal relationships. We had had a complicated relationship as mother and daughter, so it was important for her to, to, to get that right. Um, one of the things that she mentioned in the month before she died, that she had been carrying a lot of, I guess, emotional and spiritual kind of baggage and weight, and she mentioned that she was free for the first time in her life, that she was free, which meant that she had been able to, to let go of all of that. 
sort of a time to unburden mm -hmm. yourself. Absolutely. Of, and it, it, that goes beyond just the physical. It Absolutely. It's, it's spiritual. It's spiritual. Yeah. 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 So there are many uh, spiritual needs and concerns of the person who is, who is dying. And it's important for the caregiver to be attuned mm -hmm. um, to those concerns um, because spiritual well-being contributes to the well-being of a per person physically as well because one can be in spiritual distress um, during the time that they're you know when they have a limited amount of time to live and that can play out um, in physical uh, affect their physical well-being. So it's important to um, to resolve and be able to talk about and um, communicate what those concerns and needs are. So for caregivers who might be uncomfortable and not know how to talk to their loved ones about spirituality matters, um, what are some things they can do or say to help the people that they're caring for? It's important to um, um, listen because this is their loved one's time. It's not their time, you know. It, it's the loved one's time. They're the one who is dying. So um, being present, listening, um, accepting of whatever the loved one's illness is and um, not trying to fix them, patient. Being an advocate for um, their loved one. The loved one should be able to talk to them and tell them anything. Caregiver, and the caregiver should keep the focus, let the focus be on the person, the, Ill, the, the sick loved one, mm -hmm. and not injecting their uh, thoughts and feelings right. and um, opinions. Um, and it takes courage to um, face bad news and to um, to be vulnerable with one who is dying. And a um, person who is dying will have many questions often. Uh, why me? Why now? Did I do something wrong? And the caregiver does not have to feel that they must have all of the answers, because you won't necessarily have all the answers. Yeah. Um, but being present and listening. Dependability. If you say that you're going to be there at 2 o'clock tomorrow, be there at 2 o'clock. Don't stay away because you think that your loved one might be in pain or too much pain or whatever. They want you to be there. They want people they, to be present um, with them. Important to be um, sensitive in talking about spiritual matters. Sometimes the sick person may be having a tough day, you know, might be in a lot of pain and uh, just might be feeling just horrible, just let, you know, and that would not be a good day to bring up spiritual matters. Just sit and be present. Being with someone who is um, terminally ill with a limited amount of time, um, to live takes a lot of energy um, and sometimes it seems to to go on forever and the, there may be gaps between meaningful spiritual conversations. Conversations may ebb and flow depending on the energy level of the person. So um, just being sensitive to, to those factors and um, as we age also there's a 
more time to reflect on the gifts of getting older. And getting older is a, is a gift. Have more time to ponder the mysteries of life and reflect on what we have done thus far. We get to review our achievements as well as our setbacks. We may even start to see deeper connections between our life and the lives of people of past or future generations. And as I said, there's a growing um, awareness of one's own mortality, and many people fear passing away. Um, we don't know what the experience will be like or whether our spirit or soul will continue on. Will our consciousness remain intact? And what will happen to our loved one? Have we created, again, a meaningful legacy? How will, you be, how will I be remembered? Thank you so much, Maud, for um, your time and um, for sharing your um, story and experience with us. So if you don't know, here at Montgomery Hospice, we actually have over a dozen chaplains who provide spiritual counseling. We have relatively diverse staff comprised of different faith traditions and spiritual orientation and in large part um, because the people that we serve represent a diverse spiritual orientation and we want to match the spiritual orientations of those we serve. Um, so before I sign off, if you have any questions about um, Montgomery Hospice or Montgomery Hospice Center for Learning or you want to learn more about um, some of the programs that we offer through the Center for Learning, you may visit um, our website at www.montgomeryhospice.org. So that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of What's Important to You. This is actually our last episode for um, our first season of What's Important to You. We will return with new episodes in the fall. Until then, I invite you to visit our website at www.montgomeryhospice.org slash podcast and listen to our previous episodes. We have a great list there for you. You may also visit iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to listen to our previous podcasts. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and you've been listening to What's Important to You.